On March 19th, the Davis Fiscal Court is set to vote on the fairness ordinance that some say has divided this community more than any other in recent memory. We're going to discuss the proposed ordinance and what makes this pending vote so controversial. Stay with us. This is Inquiry. So you, Judge, you've been uh, in politics for, for a long time. Where does this particular issue regarding the fairness ordinance rank as far as what you've Oh, it, it would rank probably in the top 10 issues. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's the most divisive issue that, that uh, I've been involved in. I know the uh, 54 TIF when I was on the city commission was a pretty divisive issue. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it, it pretty much was the same kind of rhetoric. Uh, you just remember, we elected you and we can vote you out, and that's that's fine with me. Uh, and just prior to me getting on the city commission, Sunday alcohol sales was packed the city commission chambers. Uh, here, uh, probably the the one of the biggest issues we addressed was the coal mine rezoning at Pleasant Ridge. Uh, and we had folks on, I mean, we packed the courtroom. As a matter of fact, we packed the courtroom and I opened the uh, emergency operations center down in the basement and we broadcast it live. So that probably ranked as the second largest crowd that we had. Certainly the supporters with 280 folks here was the largest crowd that we had, followed by probably the the pastors who came in opposition to it, followed by the Second Amendment constitutionalists. Uh, uh, certainly in, in the last four months, we packed this courtroom to the point that we have uh, are looking, and we will have money in the budget, to revise the seating, the area that we have for ADA, how do you exit, how do you get out, a, a lot of things. We just couldn't handle those kinds of, of crowds. And that's why we moved off-site uh, to host the two forums and, and why. We said we're going to use those in lieu of comment after our or at our meetings because we, we just cannot handle those kinds of crowds. So, um, but animal control, when we revised the, and you wrote an article on that, when we revised that issue, there was a lot of controversy there. Uh, uh, property maintenance when we rewrote that there was a lot of controversy a lot of comment so this would rank in the in the top ten and uh, probably in the top three yeah. if, if this tugs at you know moral fibers it, it, it does I mean and you know we're we're in that what what the, my liberal friends would call the Bible belt uh, and and it's a fundamental Bible belt um, but I, I, th I think that when you, when you talk about tugging at the, the moral fiber, when you talk about tugging at my religious belief, this ordinance absolutely bends over backwards to, to spare uh, any infringement upon religious freedoms and religious beliefs. Um, this, and, and as a civil servant, as a, a representative of the people, I have a responsibility not to use my religion, not to involve my religion in passing civil law. 
I mean, the Constitution says that we may not put a religion forward in front of the people, that they all have a right to, to practice what they, what they believe in. Um, you, you know, I, th I think the argument can be made that this is, if you take religion out of it, then it becomes an argument about economic development in this community, uh, workforce development in this community, growing the population in this community. Uh, we spent a, a $150 million making our downtown, bringing it into the 21st century. Now we need to bring our thought process into the 21st century. For the Mystery Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins. And that was Judge Executive Al Mattingly talking about where this fairness ordinance ranks uh, among the issues that he has been part of in his uh, political career. And joining me now is Renee Beasley-Jones. She is our health reporter here at the Messenger Inquirer. And Renee, you've been following this, covering this issue extensively, um, at, least since, at least since this past year, whenever it uh, really, I guess, gained momentum um, here in the county. And so first, you know, just talk about some of the history of this fairness ordinance and what is the fairness ordinance, uh, also, I guess, called the non-discrimination ordinance. Yes. One thing everybody just assumes, I know I did, um, I assumed that everyone had protections because we have protections for people who are disabled. We have protections, that, and I'm talking about federal protections. We have federal protections for age, uh, race, all these things. And yet, the people in the LGBTQ community do not have those protections. And um, they can be fired from a job just because of their gender identity or because they're gay. They can be uh, denied housing in the state of Kentucky. They can um, be refused accommodations in a restaurant or from any business simply because of their gender identity or because of their, um, their status. And people don't realize that there's this whole segment of society that has zero protection. So the Fairness Ordinance seeks to provide those protections in Davis County for employment, housing, and public accommodations. Now this particular issue um, does have a history here in, in Davis County, but this time it seems that this is going to be the closest um, this ordinance, uh, I mean, this is going to be the first time it's ever even been brought to a vote. So talk about the history of this, and then, you know, who uh, who are the opposing sides uh, in this? Well, first I will talk a little bit about the history. In August 2014, the Fairness Ordinance, the Owensboro City Commission, 
had been talking about a fairness ordinance, and there was a lot of support for it on the commission. In fact, I have a story written by Steve Veed, August 20th, 2014, and it says all five members of the city commission expressed support for a fairness ordinance at the August 5th commission meeting. But there was so much opposition from the public that they decided to table it. And here is, and they decided to table it for up to a year. And the city commission said, now this doesn't mean we're not going to vote on it, but it doesn't mean we're going to vote on it. And in the end, Ron Payne, who was then mayor, said, I don't think we had a good sense of how sensitive the community would be, Payne said after Tuesday's meeting. On the surface, it seemed like, why not do it? Why discriminate against anyone? But do we have that problem here? I've never heard a complaint. But we were also told having the ordinance would impact business positively. So let's talk to other cities and let's find out. We need to do more homework and more education of the community. At this point, it's not an issue that we need to rush to develop an ordinance. But what happened this year? Well, first I'll tell you who is opposing and who is for. The opposition is coming from the religious right. And as an example would be, if we inadvertently limited the liberty of an organization, a business, or a private citizen to exercise their religious liberties and freedom of conscience. Remember, there are always two sides to every story. I believe that the religious conservative in this country are constantly being told what they can do and what they can say, and what they can't do and what they can't say. They are being forced to do things that are against their personal religious beliefs. If they step out of line or say the wrong thing, their business may be shut down or they could suffer a very expensive lawsuit. To be able to have a moral argument is, has been taken away from them. Specifically, they will be told that they are using hate speech and probably told that they're a bigot. It seems like a lot of people like to call other people a bigot. I would say that there's a good chance that those who oppose the fairness ordinance would at some point be forced to do things that demonstrate that they are approving same-sex behavior and it is against their moral convictions. And the people who support it, it's a wide spectrum of the community. It's not one segment. It's not just the LGBTQ community. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Today I come to you as a white male, a Christian, a conservative, an imperfect, devout follower of Christ. I'm the epitome of privilege, but I'm also a husband, a community member, and an advocate, an advocate to fairness to all humans. Fairness defined as an impartial and just treatment or behavior without favoritism and without discrimination. No extra rights, just the same ones that are protected under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. What a novel idea, the Civil Rights Act. Does anybody disagree with that? Or the 20s, some of you may have been there when we gave women the right to vote. What a novel idea, hey, women can vote. Guess what? It wasn't okay that women couldn't vote. The Civil Rights Act made things better. One in four LGBTQ community people report experiencing discrimination on the basis of their sexual orientation 
or their gender identity over the course of a year. One in four, it's not okay anymore. Deeply embedded homophobic and transphobic attitudes often combined with a lack of adequate legal protection against discrimination on the grounds of sexual orientation and gender identity expose many lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people of all ages in all regions of the world to egregious violations of their human rights. They're discriminated against in the labor market, in schools, hospitals, mistreated and disowned by their own families. They are singled out for physical attack, beaten, sexually assaulted, tortured, and sometimes even killed. Allowing people to elevate their prejudices above fairness and equality threatens the broader principle that people shouldn't be refused goods and services solely because of who they are. Such laws also threaten the basic di dignity of LGBT people, sending a clear message that their rights and well-being are not valued and they're contingent upon the goodwill of others. As a Christian, I believe that an individual is not purely defined on the basis of their sexual orientation or activity. It may be in a very important part of their self-expression, but it is not the final definition point of our nature. The Bible does teach that all human beings are created in the image of God and that human life is therefore precious. The individual has significance right out of the womb. They have dignity just because they're human. And I'm not alone. Studies have shown that many Americans support non-discrimination protections for the LGBTQ community. Nearly seven in 10 Americans favor laws that would protect this group from discrimination in the job market, public accommodations, and housing, according to a 2018 survey. Sure, there's always gonna be extremists, one way or another. There's gonna be LGBTQ members who target religious institutions, 30 seconds, for the gain, or for gain, or Christians who cherry pick scriptures. But all this revolves around fear. Christian leaders are in fear of frivolous lawsuits. But I tell you one thing, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is not from God. Fear is not an excuse. Lastly, I urge you elected officials, you know what to do. People, you know what to do is right. Consider, strongly consider this fairness ordinance. I have attended every fairness campaign meeting since that group started. And I can tell you that at those meetings, I think I've seen more people from outside the LGBTQ community than I've seen who were gay and lesbian at those meetings. Gays and lesbians do come, yes, but I've seen more people who were outside that community who came in support of the Fairness Ordinance. So that's who's for and against it. Now, you mentioned that this, uh, that this ordinance originally started out in the city um, in, in 2014. So, um, and I think it was even brought back to the city um, even uh, later on. And I know uh, back in earlier in, in 2019, it was brought to the city. And, and then it switched to the county, the Davis County Fiscal Court. What made them decide to stop trying to take it to the city and approach the county uh, with this uh, fairness issue? You've got to remember this is a hotly contested issue. And we're heading into a mayoral election. And that is part of it. 
Um, I was at a fairness campaign meeting where a comment was made that if it doesn't pass the city this time, and there are a lot of people, if there was any pressure against the ordinance, they wouldn't vote for it simply because it was coming up on a mayoral election. And you had some city commission members who are running for mayor, like Larry Conger and Pam Smith-Wright. So they weren't going to get involved or that was the feeling. They weren't going to get involved in anything terribly controversial because they were heading into this election. I think that played a part in going to the county. When they decided to take it to the county commission, no other county in the state of Kentucky had passed it yet. Now, since that time, Woodford County has. But they were hoping, and I'm talking about the fairness campaign, the fairness campaign was hoping that Davis County would be the first county to pass it. Well, let me ask you this first. You said Woodford County was the first county to pass it, but it's not the first community in general uh, to pass this. So how far does this issue go back within Kentucky? I believe it's 1999. Louisville and Lexington were the first ones. Right now we have 18 city cities in one county. And you've seen the fairness campaign take this to the county commission and the reason they did they felt like there was a lot more support there now they knew there was opposition there but they felt that they had a better chance of getting something passed at the county level than they did at the city level so as as we're two weeks away from the vote and this is the closest they've ever come uh, to even getting a vote um, on this ordinance. So talk about uh, w what's made the difference this time. I would say hands down, it has been two people who wrote a Facebook post during Gay Pride Month. It was, a, I think it might have been the very last day of Gay Pride Month. And that is Chad Bennyfield. So, so the question again. So, so the you know the Civil Rights Act, 1964. You know that 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 forced people to do the right thing, essentially. Okay, right. and you can see a difference. You know, they well, it, it tried to force people to do the right thing. Well, it basically, but but it, but it establishes that the right thing is the right thing, and that's how I view this too. I mean, the passing of this ordinance, basically, with an amendment to that civil rights language, is the county saying this is the right thing. So, how will you know? How will you know that you've made a difference if it does pass? Well, I mean, the passage is, is how we know we made a difference. I mean, with, with, with the county stepping up and basically saying, you know, this, this type of discrimination is not permissible in the, in the limits of Davis County. I mean, that's a huge victory. Because what we know, I mean, from this whole process, I mean, we basically laid out that this kind of discrimination does occur here. I mean, despite what people say, oh, I haven't heard, just because you haven't heard about it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. We've, we've proven that it happens. Mm -hmm. And so with the court stepping up and basically saying, we're going to amend our civil rights language, per se, and add sexual orientation and gender identity to this civil rights verbiage, I mean, that's a huge, huge win. And it's a huge statement to people who live in this community, I mean, who belong to the LGBTQ community. I mean, it's basically validation. It's saying, hey, we're glad you're here, we accept you, and we're going to protect you. And you're, and if it doesn't pass, hmm. what's, your, what's, <laughs> what's it all going to mean to you then? Well, I'll be very disappointed um, because it is the right thing to do. Um, if it does not pass, 
um, it will be another example of Owensboro and Davis County not uh, being progressive and uh, doing the right thing. Um, but I will say this, um, even after it's all said and done, uh, the most rewarding thing for me about this, I mean, look, I'm a public person. I mean, I, I'm a very vocal person. But what I've seen in this process is that people who have struggled and have been discriminated against, like those people have had the wherewithal through this process to get up and actually speak for themselves and defend themselves. So that is a huge victory in itself. And his husband, Kevin Bolds. Um, but Chad is the one who wrote a very long Facebook post that told about the discrimination both of them have faced in their lives together, but also even before they were a couple. So that post generated the Messenger Inquirer's story that was published on the Sunday front page above the fold, August 4th, 2019. And that really was the start of the fairness campaign. There had been talk about fairness campaign meetings, but the Owensboro Human Relations Commission said, well, we're a little bit busy with tenant issues at this time. We're not going to take up fairness. We're going to concentrate on one thing at a time. But we will host these fairness campaign meetings. Well, it just blossomed from there, and it was due to the story that ran August 4th, and the braveness and the boldness of Chad Bennyfield and Kevin Bolds to come forward and talk about their story. There is a lot of discrimination against gays and lesbians in Davis County, but they don't talk about it for one reason. They don't have any recourse. They don't have any protections. It doesn't do them any good to go to the Owensboro Human Relations Commission and file a complaint because there's no protection for them. So leading up to this vote, and um, what steps has the Davis County Fiscal Court uh, taken uh, with, this, with this matter? They have conducted two public forums. They had 700 people in attendance and had nearly 100 people who spoke. Each person got to speak about two minutes. One meeting was on January 30th and the other was on February 24th. And both sides got to present their case, one for, one against. They alternated both nights, all night long until everybody spoke. Now they've had their first reading, and that was on March 2nd, I believe, or 3rd, March 3rd it was. They had their first reading of the ordinance, and no one could speak. The public couldn't speak. The, the, the commissioners decided not to speak. They're going to wait. Alex, Al Mattingly, our judge executive, expects commissioners to give their opinion about their vote as they vote on March 19th. So, yeah, I, I, so, you know, early on, though, uh, Renee, uh, at least back in November, November 2019, um, when uh, Jacob Mulligan, our county government reporter, uh, did a story about, about I guess it, this was in the early phase of this, in the beginning, um, all the commissioners uh, they talked to were no votes, and I and 
and, and but since then, as you said, we've had the forums and um, and they've seen, you know, they've been able to hear both sides of the argument and and, and witnessed more people out there who were probably they didn't realize who were in favor of this. Um, but, you know, quite a bit of number of people who are against this, you know, also came out. But I think they were probably even more astonished by the number of people who've come out, you know, in, in favor of this fairness ordinance. And, you know, I reached out, you know, and since then, I think uh, Mike Coger, who um, was one of the commissioners at, at the beginning, he was a he was a no vote. And this is back in November. I read you his quote. Uh, it says, from what I've seen from the community members that I ha- that have reached out to me, I've seen about 200 no's and 12 yeses. I wish it was something that could be on the ballot for the entire community to come out and vote on. I know there are a lot of concerns from the business community as well as the religious community. I don't want anyone to be discriminated against. It's a really difficult decision for us on the court. Right now, the votes aren't there. So that's Mike Coger, and and way I understand it from from talking with Judge Mattingly, Coger seems to be on the side of in favor of it now. Um, so that would put Judge Mattingly and and Coger, and then George Wathen uh, has stood his ground on the no vote side, and then and then you have Charlie Caslin, who seems to be what they're calling now the swing vote. And at first he was he's he's come out in in, in November that same story, um, who who was who was obviously against at least in this initial story said that uh, this is uh, Commissioner Ch- Charlie Caslin. He says I don't see any way that I would be a yes vote on that matter. It comes down to protecting religious rights. I can't see supporting it an order that could be in conflict with the rest of our citizens religious liberties. I have serious concerns, especially given some of the legal battles that have been happening around the country, particularly Hands-On Originals, a Lexington t-shirt printing company that refused to print t-shirts for the city's Pride Festival. But And since that, um, uh, this past Tuesday night, when they had the first reading, I reached out uh, to Commissioner Castlin uh, to see if he would talk to me about his process since the forums and, and just talk about that. And he declined, and he said he would talk uh, either maybe, I guess, uh, like well, after the vote, which at least for, for my purpose right now wouldn't do me any good. But I did reach out to him to, to at least give him an opportunity to talk about the process and if he has been kind of you know being more open-minded and considering, okay, both sides – and and so you wonder now, um, Renee, and I'm going to ask you this question here. So, um, so how much of this seems to be more political versus you know true emotion or personal convictions, based upon your reporting? Oh, I I have no doubt. In from my seat, when I look at what's going on, and I'm talking about both sides. It has very little to do, honestly, with politics. The Fairness Campaign and also County Commission, I think it has more to do with values and how they feel about their religion. I think it's more personal. 
Um, and the reason I say that, you have to ask yourself, who could be against fairness? I mean, we all want fairness. I think that's a statement anyone would make. But I think it comes down to religious values and morals, and that's what they're using to make their decision, honestly, I think. I don't think that Wathen or Caslin are sitting there thinking, wow, if I vote against or for, what is it going to do to my political career? I don't, I don't think they're considering even thinking about that. And I may be wrong, but I don't believe they are. And that wraps up our show for this week. I want to thank Mr. Inquirer reporter Renee Beasley-Jones for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire. <laughs>